Well, good afternoon, everybody. Evening for me, it's almost midnight here. Um, I'm in uh, Friesland, Netherlands, which is in the northern part of Holland. Um, just about to turn in for the night. And I thought I would really quickly and really quietly do a live and kind of let you know what's been going on the last few days, what I've been up to, what I've learned, what I've heard, that kind of thing. So first off, um, well, I learned some stuff about Holland that I had no idea about before. And the, the biggest thing that I've learned is that uh, the people here are kind of like the people in Western Canada. Um, when the folks settled in Western Canada, uh, they went to a area that was very difficult to live in. They had to master it in order to survive there. Uh, but they did it. And the same thing in Holland. Um, th this Almost this entire country used to be a swamp. Did you know that? It was just a swampy mess. And uh, what ended up happening is the people that lived here, um, they mastered the land. They, 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 they did things like uh, uh, water management, I guess, for instance. And they created this beautiful, amazing, fertile country where they could grow food and flowers and, and food for the rest of the world. And they did a wonderful job of it. And they did it in a lot of cases with shovels without machines. They did. Uh, I drove across a dike yesterday that was like, that's, and that's a dam by the way, um, that was like 40 kilometers long or so. I don't know. I can't remember exactly, but it was really, really long. It felt like we were on there forever. Um, what the Dutch people did is they actually built this dam. Um, it's kind of on the northern part of the, the country, and it blocks the North Sea from what is now uh, a freshwater lake. And then in the southern part of the country, they did the same thing. And the reason they did that was so that they could manage how much water was coming into the land. Um, parts of Amsterdam, I think uh, Jasper said, they're like seven meters below sea level, 21 feet below sea level. So, uh, and it doesn't seem like anybody in Amsterdam is too concerned about rising sea levels. But anyway, so the Dutch people did something that probably other people wouldn't have thought they could do. They changed this swamp into what it is today. And they did some other stuff like, uh, I think they ejected the wolves out of the country because the wolves kept eating the sheep. And that's no good if you're trying to feed people. Um, they they really mastered the environment that they're in, and it's it's amazing. And the reason I bring that up is because what we're seeing coming from governments right now, specifically from central governments like the federal government of Canada, um, the European Union as well, same talking points, are ideas that are coming down. Oh oh, you know what I'm going to say, don't you? Yeah, you know it. They're coming down from the WEF. And it's part of the sustainable development agenda. What we have to do to continue on as a species in their eyes. They're, they're really saying that when you hear these things about climate and net zero and, and nitrogen fertilizer for farmers, these things all stem from the same idea that we have to stop what we're doing. We have to reset everything. And we have to give our land back to nature and, and, 
and live a completely different way in order to survive. And this is all based on the climate modeling scam. You know what I'm talking about, right? Al Gore said we had to do certain things and invest in certain technologies or by 20 or 2016, the earth would be on fire. Remember that? An inconvenient truth? Well, he very conveniently told a bunch of lies and made a whole bunch of people very wealthy and made a whole bunch of uh, regular folks very poor. These arguments are going on to this day. Um, I just saw in the news that our own Alberta government is so proud of the fact that they're going to triple the cost on carbon by 2030. Now, I'm going to do a little bit more digging into this, but if this is the case that our own government in Alberta that's supposed to be responsible and listening to truth and paying attention to reality, if they're doing that, that's going to put me offside with them big time because I will not tolerate that. What's happening here in Holland, um, Dutch people don't really heat their homes very much anymore. They don't drive much anymore. And the reason is because they pay through the nose for their energy. And you might think, well, they don't have Alberta oil fields. They should be paying for lots because they have to import it. Ah, but no. Um, Netherlands has, like, they're sitting on huge natural gas reserves here. So huge that they shouldn't even have to worry about heating their homes. They shouldn't even have to pay for it. That's how much is here. And yet, they only heat a few rooms of their house. Um, they turn their temperature down, way down at night. And they, yeah, they just, they live as if energy is scarce, which it's not here. These ideas are all coming from the same place. They're all global initiatives to quit using carbon or quit emitting carbon dioxide. And when we hear these people saying uh, to reduce our carbon dioxide, what they're really telling you is that we have to reduce our existence because human beings, no matter what you do, will not cannot stop emitting carbon dioxide and maintain any kind of quality of life that we do right now. They can't do it. If you look at the projections for our uh, hydrocarbon use over the next 40 years, it's always going up, not down, because even the experts know that if we, if we reduce our, our energy use the way they want us to, people will die. And that's backed by science. It's backed by facts. If you Look at, um, if you look at statistics about how long people lived, um, the, the rate of disease, those types of things, and you overlay it with um, a timeline of when we started using hydrocarbons, oil and gas, and, and having machines do our work, our quality of life went up, our uh, length of life went up more than it has in the last 5,000 years. Like the, 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 the use of hydrocarbons, um, was the single most important factor in um, human beings flourishing on this planet. And there is no question about that. Now, if we go backwards, of course, it's safe to say that those other metrics will probably fall as well. So why am I ranting about this? I'm here to see what's going on with the farmers, right? Well, I found out what's going on with the farmers. They're being told that they have to uh, use less nitrogen-based fertilizer um, they can't use manure to fertilize their fields anymore. They can only use synthetic. Yeah, weird, right? Believe it or not, farmers here actually have to inject the manure from their operations into the ground. 
they can't return it to the soil. And at the same time, the Dutch government is saying, oh, you have a problem with your soil. It's not fertile anymore. We need to do something about this. And that something is not using the manure that we've used for thousands of years and cutting back the amount of synthetic fertilizer we're allowed to use. It doesn't make sense, does it? Unless you look at it in this context. If you were a global group of people and you thought that human beings had to reduce human impact, just human impact, I'm not talking about carbon dioxide or anything else, but human impact on the planet in order to survive, we would need to do a few things. One of those things would be we'd have to make energy uh, so expensive that people couldn't use it anymore. We would have to make farming almost impossible to the point where farmers would sell their land back to the government, which is what's going on here. The government is saying, you have to do this. The farmers say, no, we can't do it. We'll lose our farms. The government says, that's okay. We'll buy it from you. Don't worry. Now, what's the plan for this land when the government buys it? Well, have you ever heard of an initiative called Return to Wild or Wilding? Though There's a theory out there that one of the things we have to do to keep the planet um, alive is stop all human activity and return land to nature and uh, return it to a biodiverse area. So in the Netherlands here, now remember I said this used to be a swamp. Uh, the way we do that here is by the government buying up the land, stopping maintaining the canals and the dikes and all of the water management stuff, letting it return back to nature, introducing things like wolves, which yes, they are they're actually doing that. They're reintroducing wolves that were ejected from uh, the Netherlands hundreds of years ago um, for this biodiversity project. And then allow the land to be consumed by nature and not have any human impact on it. That's the idea. Now, if you're wondering where all these people will go, um, that's a good question. But I can tell you that if we don't have enough food and we don't have enough energy, the quality of life will decrease and people will die. That's the way things go. There is a correlation there and it's backed up by all sorts of historical data. However, knowing that people have to inhabit the planet, um, there's plans for, it's, what do they call that? A tri-city. Basically a city designed where people could live in designated spots and don't travel. They only have jobs that are, uh, that are they're put to them, like they, they have to do specific jobs. And, and that's it. It's just this giant mega city where everybody lives and the rest of the land is returned to nature. Sounds far-fetched, doesn't it? It sounds like it's out of a sci-fi movie. This sounds like a total conspiracy theory. I'm sure there's some people out there taking screenshots of me right now with my beautiful hair and telling, putting it on their hate sites, telling you how much of a wacko I am. Now, you can either choose to believe that or you can choose to find the truth. And the truth is that this is exactly what... Um, these organizations that want us to own nothing and be happy, this is exactly what they have in store for us. It's not hidden. It's not secret. It's not a conspiracy. It is a fact. It is written in black and white. You can find it yourself. Politicians talk about it all the time. That basket case, um, teeny bopper governor, whatever she is down in the United States, that Cortez or whatever, and her Green New Deal, that's exactly what this is. Exactly. This is not about reducing carbon dioxide. It's not about reducing an impact. It's about 
reducing people, period. And call me crazy if you want. Uh, tell me that we have to stop emitting CO2 to, to make sure the earth doesn't light on fire by 2016, like Al Gore said. Tell me whatever you want. I know what the truth is. I've seen it. I've talked to thousands of people by now. I know that this isn't just in Canada that they're doing this because they're doing the same things in the Netherlands. They're attacking farms. They're attacking the energy industry. And at the end of the day, they are attacking everything it means to be human. Don't eat meat. You're a bad person if you eat meat. You must eat crickets. Don't heat your homes. Put on another sweater. Right, Rachel Notley? You can't afford gasoline to drive in your car anymore. Don't drive your car. Right, Rachel Notley? Or just buy an electric car, right? All of these answers that our politicians are uh, coming up with for how, how we can exist are completely out of touch with reality. Completely. Unless you consider the context that I mentioned before and that this isn't about reducing carbon dioxide or reducing, reusing, and recycling. This is about reducing. So that's what I've learned here. Same talking points, same things. Um, Holland is putting in all sorts of green initiatives that are harming people, harming the environment, just like they're in Canada. Another good example is windmills. Windmills are great, right? I mean, Holland's known for their windmills. We should all be using windmills because it's free energy. Well, let me tell you, nothing is free. Everything comes with a cost. Everything human beings do on this planet comes with a cost. There is an impact. If we burn hydrocarbons to heat our homes and to travel, the cost is we emit carbon dioxide. And it's a terrible cost because then plants have something to eat. It's terrible. The worst part about emitting carbon dioxide is that those plants eat the carbon dioxide and they grow more and feed more people. Heaven forbid. It's horrible. So instead, what they're doing here is they're vilifying fossil fuels. They're keeping it locked in the ground. And remember, I said Holland has a huge natural gas resource, but they're leaving it in the ground because it's the virtuous thing to do. They're building windmills everywhere. It is hideous. These are not pretty quaint Holland windmills that you see in books. These are giant, ugly, inefficient, non-recyclable, gross windmills that don't produce a pile of electricity. I mean, yes, they do produce electricity when the wind's blowing, but they don't even come close to replacing um, uh, a hydrocarbon burning plant. So they put all these windmills out there. Well, they're chopping up birds. We know that, right? Um, they're actually causing people problems because of the oscillation of the sound and the, and the shadow that it's throwing on people's houses. That causes problems. It's documented. Um, it's taking up land that we could otherwise use to grow food. And then in addition to the land-based uh, um, wind turbines, now we see, like, I, I, I should have got a picture of it, but we were on the highway and I didn't stop. But they have a row of windmills as far as the eye can see. And then beside the windmills, as far as the eye can see, are solar panels that need to be cleared of ice every day. So there's a little truck running around in there, scraping them and spraying some stuff on them. Taking up hundreds of acres of farmland that we could use to feed people. So people starve to death, that's fine because we're virtuous for putting solar panels and windmills on farmland. Great. But somebody gets rich, so it's okay. In addition to the land-based turbines, um, they're putting all sorts of turbines in the ocean. Well, that's great, right? 
because then we don't have to worry about um, as much birds getting chopped up. Uh, it's not affecting human beings as much because, you know, there's no houses in the ocean, so it's all good. Wrong. There is a cost to everything. What's happening in the North Sea, off the north coast of Holland, is they have these huge fields of windmills. And what they've found is the the, the oscillations from these windmills, the sounds and the, uh, what do you call it, the, uh, the um, oh my goodness, parasitic current that they create, electricity, is affecting fish. It's interfering with how fish communicate. Because fish communicate with sounds, right? And uh, I mean, mammals that swim, they also communicate with sounds. And electrical impulses, including uh, the Earth's magnetic field, affects how fish find their way. So off the North Sea, there's all sorts of weird things going on with the fish. They, they're dying. Like they're 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 at risk. The cost of these windmills being in the ocean is a is a is a biological um, uh, adverse effect. But it's okay because they're virtuous turbines that are clean, right? But you know what? Don't worry. Don't worry about the fish. We don't actually need the fish anymore. As a matter of fact, uh, there's another crisis here in Holland, and that is the fishermen can no longer afford to fish because their fuel is too much. It costs them too much to do what they do best. So they don't fish. But it's okay because the government will buy their boats from them and the government will buy their quota because where we're going, we don't need to harvest all these fish because we have crickets. You see what's happening here? All of these things are tied in together. The things that are happening in Alberta and across Canada, they're happening in Holland. They're happening for the same reasons, and it's not virtue, uh, virtuous action that, that moves humankind forward in a responsible manner and allows us to prosper. That's not what's going on here. And even saying it, like I... I sound, I, I feel like I sound like a conspiracy theorist, but I've, I've run this over and over in my head. The things that I've found out recently, the, the, the people I've talked to, the, the real world impacts we've seen, and I cannot come to any other conclusion than what's happening is going to be detrimental to everybody. And yeah, even those of you who hate me, even those of you who lie about me online and you know, try and turn people against me. I really don't give a shit. But you're going to experience these things for yourself. Very soon in Canada, if we don't stand up and say enough is enough, we will be in more of a predicament than we currently are. Um, Europe is probably six months to two years ahead of Canada, usually, in policy. Do you remember watching uh, Europe put in policies over the last 15 years and you thought to yourself, good grief, this is going to be horrible for them. It's going to be terrible. Why are they doing this? Well, we're going to do the same thing. In a very short amount of time, uh, you will not be able to afford to heat your home. In a very short amount of time, you will not be able to afford to eat meat. In, in a very short period of time, you will not be able to travel. How can that be? We live in a free country. You are only free in Canada if your government says you're free. Trust me, I know from experience. And unless you say enough is enough, that's where we're going. Same path as Europe. And it's going to get worse for Europe right away. This thing with the farmers is set to, uh, 
um, um, be adopted, I think, in January. But the government's being so compassionate. They're trying to push it through till July. That protest I went down uh, south of Amsterdam for, <clears throat> was it south? I think it was south. Anyway, I posted a picture of tractors in the parking lot of the provincial building. Well, the protest wasn't wasn't as exciting as like Ottawa or whatever, where everyone's honking and bouncy castles and hot tubs. What they did is they drove the tractors, parked them nicely, nice and neat in the, at the provincial building, and they went inside and they did a Zoom call with the political parties and listened to what the government wants to do to help them. And it was basically, oh, we'll just put it off for six months so you can adopt these new procedures. And when I say procedures, we're talking about infrastructure upgrades that these farmers have to spend hundreds of thousands of euros on. But it's okay because the government's giving them six months and they will give them loans. And if they can't pay their loans, they'll just buy their farm from them. That's why I was, uh, that, that's what that picture was all about. That's the protest. They were actually talking about things the government was talking. And I've never seen that before. Like, I can't, I can't even believe they went to protest and the government talked to them. I thought for sure the government would get fake COVID and run away and hide. But I guess that's only what happens in Canada. So these things are coming. Uh, they're coming very soon. Uh, we're going to feel it in Canada. They're certainly going to feel it in Holland. I hope they can do something to put it off. And they may just be able to do that because, as you saw uh, yesterday, I posted some pictures from Grand Freedom Central here in Holland where uh, uh, a business owner who has done well for himself working from the ground up uh, starting with nothing, no loans, no nothing, is now extremely concerned with where Europe is going, with where Holland is going, and he doesn't want it to happen. So they've put this group together, and they got flyers and newspapers and all sorts of printed material. They're doing everything they can to get this message out to people that we have to stop following these fake, virtue, ideological, blundering, anti-human policies. And they're really working on it. Um, they're actually, they're really showing up Canada because we're, we're kind of behind the, we're, we're certainly behind them when it comes to uh, their desire to get this message out to people. So maybe we should pick up our socks a little bit in Canada. So yeah, that's what I've learned. It's been a very busy time. Uh, I've done a ton of traveling except for today because it's Sunday and nothing's really open. I'm staying at a different place today. My hosts have been great. But I've been trying to uh, shake off this jet lag and, and prepare for a couple of really, really busy days of talking to a lot of people. So that's what I'm going to be doing. And that's what I've learned. Basically, all the hard work that the, the Dutch people have put in to build their country into what it is today is under threat. It really is. And if I haven't done a good enough job explaining this to you and convincing you that this is the case, all you really have to do is just wait a few years and, and see, because you'll see. And if you think you're safe from this in Canada, a country that was built similar to this by a, a, an insane amount of hard work, a huge amount of sacrifice, human ingenuity and tenacity that is, I mean, only seen in these situations. That's what built our countries. And it's about to be undone. So, am I going to sit back and uh, not say anything when my government in Alberta tells me we need to be net zero? 
and charge the people of Alberta uh, for the privilege of existing and using energy? I will not. And when I get back, I think that's probably going to be my mission in life is to expose this bullshit climate agenda that is at the core of every single one of these initiatives that's being shoved down our throats. I feel really bad for the Dutch people because the Dutch government actually doesn't really want most of this stuff. Uh, the Dutch people certainly don't. Do you know why it's happening? <laughs> because Holland is a member of the European Union who are not elected, who govern them and interfere with their sovereign jurisdiction as countries in the name of climate change. Does this sound familiar, Canada? Alberta, does this sound familiar? In Alberta, the federal government interferes in Alberta jurisdiction and implements policies, shoves them down our throat. We do not have a say in it because we don't have enough representation. We cannot stop it unless we stand up and say, enough is enough federal government, stop doing what you're doing or we're out. So there's my little, uh, yeah. Anyway, I better get to bed. I've got an early morning, I think. I'm going to be up at the crack of 9 a.m. or something. So, uh, yeah, have a great night. And uh, please feel free. If you don't believe something that I said or you think I'm in error, uh, dig into it yourself. Uh, find out the truth for yourself. Don't bother trying to tell me that <laughs> I'm, I'm wrong with this stuff. Um, find, find it for yourself and good luck. And as many people said to Quebec a couple decades ago, bon voyage et bonne chance. <laughs>